and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker joining me via Skype and we are in for it today as we are going to begin our previews of uh, the 2023-24 season and uh, we're going to start that off with the Central Division. We'll just start running through teams. Uh, Who knows? You know, Justin, sometimes we, uh, we knock a whole division out in one episode and sometimes we just have to come back to it later because <laughs> we we uh, expend our time. So, uh, but before we jump into that, uh, Justin, give me a give me a quick like, how was your summer? My you summer, know, wow, that's. I feel like some question. you know probably some people they kind of check out of the hockey stuff, right? Like well, once once uh, I mean this episode will get posted on uh, you'll you're probably listening to this you know maybe the thirtieth thirty first of August, but essentially the very beginning of September. You know, I, I feel like this is the time you're like, oh, it's September. Oh, uh, I'm going to start thinking about hockey again, right? So, for those who uh, have who have missed all the fantastic top tens we've done throughout the summer, uh, how's your summer been? Man, summer's been busy. Just a lot of house renovations. Um, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. As summer's been kind of wrapping up, right? I mean, we got Labor Day weekend approaching, so that to me is usually the signal. You know, kids are going back to school. Summer's over. That kind of thing. Um, I have my sister and brother-in-law flying in from Arizona. Um, to, you know, spend time with some family over here, that kind of stuff. I don't, I think they, they have some, you know, my, my brother-in-law side of the family, they got some things they need to do, which is why they're coming in. Um, however, that, that Sunday before Labor Day, they rented out an ice rink for an hour and a half because my, my nephew, uh, plays hockey. He's a six year old, you know, uh, prodigy. We'll call him that, whatever. (laughs) Um, (laughs) probably not, but, um, yeah, my, my sister asked me to bust out the goalie pads and, I'll Dude. be honest with you. I was looking at those last week, and I have not actually been between the pipes in. Who it's it's been probably three years now. You, you have gone and, back since you since you hurt yourself, right? Yes, you since I broke my ankles about four years ago, I did go back. Uh, I've been back a few times, and it's totally fine. Okay, um, all right. So you're you're uh, same old, same old, other than you know being old. <laughs> just out of game shape. Let's you just know, put it that you way. You know, some might say you're on the wrong side of thirty. Hey, if, 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 you know what, you could refer to me as Tim Thomas and I think we'll be okay. <laughs> there you go. Uh, go win a Stanley cup now and you'll be, you'll be set. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's crazy that I feel like this, this summer, this summer for us in Michigan has been like probably one of the more mild summers that I can ever remember. We really haven't had crazy hot weather like some of the rest of the country has had. Um, but it's, uh, it's been pretty enjoyable. My, I like it, especially since I, I feel like I don't, I'm not like a go to the lake all the time person. So I don't really care if it's just like 78. If I was at a lake, I'd be like, oh man, it's only 76 today. What the hell? But <laughs> in my, in my backyard, it's fine. It works out. Exactly. Uh, all right. So on our show today, as we uh, sort of kick off the 2023, 20, 24 season, we're going to preview this central division. And, uh, I, I feel as though maybe it's fitting that we go backwards through the standings from last season. Are, are you cool with that? Ooh, okay. I, I like a little switcheroo. We'll, so. we'll start with the uh, the worst of uh, of this division, which which I uh, before the show I promptly named the butthole of the NHL Central Division. <laughs> uh, just, you know, you, you thought maybe it was the Pacific, uh, but. My reasoning central division, I feel like 
there's quite a few teams that are going to probably get worse. Not that they're not necessarily going to be bad or not that there's not going to be some playoff teams, but I'm not sure that too many teams in this division got tremendously better. And uh, that that's my take on the division, but yeah, maybe some of that will come out as we as we uh, go through this. But what what do you think overall of the Central Division? What's your thoughts? I mean, oh gosh, there there are some Stanley Cup contenders at the top, but some real garbage teams at the bottom, right? Um, I it's 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 pretty easy just to, to point out Chicago, right? I mean, I think that's where we're starting, um, and just say, hey, you know what? The the next superstar just arrived and. Um, boy, that's that's really where my first thoughts go when I think of the Central, right? Can Colorado get back to Stanley Cup contention, and can kind of Bedard uh, be that guy that they all expect him to be? So, for me, those are really that's really it for the Central as far as I'm I'm caring. Yeah, and I guess when we're talking about the the bottom and like the the Blackhawks last season uh, with what seven fifty nine points, I think they were third to last in the league, fourth to. Uh, th- second to last kind of tied second to last with Columbus uh, Chicago was bad right Chicago was just I mean aside from a bunch of OT losses that helped them a little bit they, they were just they were terrible uh, so it in my mind it's really hard to be like well they've gotten better because of course like there aren't too many teams that have historically terrible seasons two years in a row like you can be bad two years in a row but usually you're not like dead last two years in a row uh, uh that doesn't doesn't mean it doesn't happen but I, I think chicago it's just easy to get better when you're that freaking terrible uh and but when i look at the the roster i think about this from like the beginning of 2022 23 to the beginning of this season you've lost patrick kane theoretically you've also lost uh jonathan taves i know he wasn't really healthy enough last year to make a big difference but going into the year, you thought like a healthy Kane, a healthy Taves. Let's see what, you know, at least maybe they can, they'll, they'll do something and maybe it'll make them halfway decent until they trade them. Well, they were both kind of, kind of uh, banged up quite a bit throughout the year. But if you think about the team at the beginning of last year to the beginning of this year, who do I want more? Taylor Hall or Patrick Kane? Oh, I'm taking Patrick Kane, at least a healthy one. And who do I want more? Taves or, or are we comparing to Taves? Uh, Felino, <laughs> I think I'll take Jonathan Tapes when he's healthy. Uh, so I think from the beginning of last year to the beginning of this year, yeah, they added Connor Bedard, uh, but there really isn't a whole lot else that I'm like, super excited about with this team. So I, I think they'll probably just be meh again. They're going to try to lose again, and it'll be... As, as much of a growth experience for Bedard, but do, do you see this team's taking a step further than, like, like, I don't even know a scenario where they don't finish last in the Central. That's how bad I think they are. No, I agree with you. I, I mean, we'll talk about Arizona, right, the team above them in the standings. I think there is reason to believe they'll be better. Um, but as far as Chicago is concerned, there's not much there to make me think they'll be that much better. Because of the two names you just mentioned, right? Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, they spent a majority of last season with the Chicago Blackhawks. So they had that production there, albeit they were in and out with injuries, that kind of stuff. But for the most part, you know, what are you replacing it with, right? Taylor Hall and Connor Bedard. And in my opinion, 
I don't think Connor Bedard, I mean, I, I think he is going to be a superstar in this league at some point. However, I think next season, he's not going to be the colder, the Calder trophy winner, oh, uh, in okay. my opinion. But I, so, but I feel like we're, we're still probably talking like a, a 60 to 70 point season is definitely within reach. Yeah, I, I, I'm going 30 and 30 right now okay. for this yeah, guy. That's, that's where I'm at. And, that would and be again, a successful first season. Absolutely would be. Absolutely. And, and he'll probably be in the top three of the Calder final voting, which is which would be great for Chicago. But, um, you know, you have to – there's going to be a, a big learning curve for him as, as much as a franchise-altering player as people make him out to be. He still has to go through this learning curve, what it's like to play in the NHL. And unlike a lot of teams where, like, for example, you know, if he had gone to um, – Gosh, you know, I mean, any well, other even team if like he went Anaheim, to like right? Columbus or something. Well, yeah, like if he'd gone to Anaheim, for example, right? They at least would have had Troy Terry or Trevor Zegers. They could have put him right, right. Put Columbus him in the with, with Johnny Goodrow or like you have a, this high, high end other player to play with. Right. There's other talent in front of him where teams' top defensive units can focus on. Right. But here in Chicago, like he's it. He's the only high end talent with you know Taylor Hall, and I assume they're going to be paired together on a line. So you have to assume every single time he steps on the ice, Oh, guess who's going on the ice with him? Victor Hedman or, you know, Charlie McAvoy or any of the other teams, top end defensemen. And, well, and there's, there's, play. there's also nothing to say that, you know, sometimes these, you know, I, I don't know how Luke Richardson's going to coach this team uh, with Bedard. Sometimes you're not, you're not going to put Bedard out against top competition. Maybe right away. Maybe you do. Uh, you're going to see how he responds in camp and how he does in some of these preseason games. Sure. And, but, you know, he might be their third-line center for a while. And and that would be totally fine, you know, if, if you're you're mainly giving that defensive responsibility to, uh, I, I guess, Tyler Johnson and or Jason Dickinson. Athena see you. Yeah, I mean, the, the I guess the tough part is that Bedard really is their only pure center. And, and so that that could make things a little interesting. Um, I, I that maybe is you know I, maybe I just answer my own question that like maybe they don't really have the personnel to put him as a third line center. <laughs> <laughs> just throw him to the wolves, see what happens. But, I mean, the fans won't won't let it happen, right? I mean, you got to think. Sure. Yeah, they'll be too, calling for blood. That too. That too. Um, well, you know, and uh, this is Luke Richardson's second full season with the team, so. Uh, it, you hope that they can take some kind of step forward, at least be exciting, and I think they will be that. I think that there's a reason to tune in and watch a Blackhawks game. I think there's a chance they could have some high-scoring affairs because they may open things up. Um, and my my goodness, like their defense is is truly not much more than a fence to skate around. Like that's kind of they're just not that great. <laughs> I mean, offense. I. Hey, you got some young guys coming up, you know, Wyatt Kaiser, uh, but I mean, Zaitsev, Connor Murphy, uh, Seth Jones, Jared Tenorti, those guys in your top, somewhere in your top four scattered around. And that's just, I don't know what they're going to look like from a forward perspective, but I know from a defensive perspective, it's going to be quite rough. And the thing I worry about for Bedard is, is there anybody from the defensive side that can get him the puck? Aside from Seth Jones, which, you know, Seth Jones offensively, yeah, I mean, he he put up 51 points 
two years ago, 37 last year with a, I'd say a worse team than the year before. So, I mean, I think that with Seth Jones feeding you the puck, you've got a chance. But other than that, it's going to be real tough pickings uh, from a defensive side, which really does feed the rest of that forward group. And then yeah. God knows Mrazek's not going to stop much. <laughs> yeah, that's the kicker, right? I mean, you've got Mrazek and Soderblom back there. And I don't get me wrong, I, I think they – you know, Mrazic's a decent goaltender, but he's he's a backup. Let's just be honest. That's what he is. And uh, Soderblom, I I don't have a lot of faith in this kid, and I haven't really seen much to to make me think otherwise. I mean, yes, he played with a terrible Blackhawks team last year, but um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, I, and I, I guess the other side of it is, you know, what are you excited about this team? Obviously, Bedard, but also on a on a. I guess a lesser note a little bit you're you're looking for Lucas Reichel to be able to come in and make an impact you know last year 15 points in the 23 games he did get into uh, with but 51 points in 55 games down in Rockford in the AHL I mean he's definitely somebody you're probably expecting to make the team this year and uh, I you know I, th- I think that's probably the things that are going to get you excited as a Blackhawks fan is you know can some of your draft picks make an impact this year yep that's that's the big question mark can the young kids come up and and take another step right because that's what you're hoping so in you know two or three years you hope that they progressed enough to where Connor bedard is now officially a star in this league and and you can go out and attract some some big name free agents and maybe start to make yourself into a contender again yep yep and hey you know sometimes these things can turn around more quickly than you think because you draft well, you hit on a couple extra guys, and and things kind of move more quickly. You know, can like a last year's first round pick for Chicago, seventh overall, Kevin Kurchinski, can he come up, make an impact, and sneak onto that blue line? Uh, that would be a you know he's he's definitely their best defensive prospect. So that would be, I think, unlikely. You're probably looking at him going. Well, you played in the WHL last year. He he put up great numbers, uh, but you're probably hoping that he can go play in the World Juniors again, and you're gonna you know just just allow him to develop in the minor or in in juniors once more because there's not a whole lot for him. I don't think in Chicago, and that's the hard part at the beginning of a rebuild is you're like, oh cool, well maybe our younger guys will get a shot. Well, they probably won't because you don't want to destroy their careers by right. by making them think they suck <laughs> when it's just really the team just isn't ready for them. So, I mean, there's there's lots certainly to that will be coming down the pipeline. Um, also, Frank uh, what Frank Nazar last year as well as drafted in the first round. So there's a there's a couple good players coming for Chicago, but that's just going to be a minute. Uh, what do we uh, we we think in Chicago's probably bottom of the barrel here? You think they're finishing last? Uh, yeah, I absolutely would say they are going to be dead last in this division, no okay. doubt. Okay, yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to the Arizona Coyotes. Who, uh, I mean, my goodness, they have they have stocked up on some draft picks, so they are ready to uh, ready to be bad again, but also hoping that a few other teams are bad so they get better picks. Uh, but I actually think maybe out of these central division teams, they they did get better, right? Like at least they added the names to make them a little more interesting. I, I just they were just not interesting at all last year. 
there's really nothing like no reason to watch the Arizona Coyotes. And at least they brought in some players that can play in the NHL. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. They've, they've got guys that can play uh, versus a team like Chicago, which is full of people who have not been in the NHL much, right? I think half their team is full of, you know, rookies and, and young guns. But um, And just me, guys I, who are who are kind of bottom of the barrel, like just filling in, in gaps for you, whereas, you know, Arizona goes out and they bring in, well, they bring in Zucker, who is a big crowd favorite in, in Pittsburgh, and you bring in Kerfoot from Toronto, kind of just that Swiss Army knife type of player. Uh, and Logan Cooley actually signs with you. That was a miracle in and of itself. <laughs> right. <laughs> that he was willing to sign the that, that deal. That was uh, that was a big deal. And then you also, Dylan Gunther, you're expecting him to make the team. Like There are some exciting forwards on this team that might make an impact and, and help this team to move up in the standings dare i say it yeah and and the other part right when, when you look at other guys on the back end that they brought in sean dersey matt dumba these are all a lot of young names that i think are going to um you know matt dumba for me i thought was was super key uh, a, a great acquisition this offseason yeah. because you know losing jacob chicker and you you pretty much lost your number one right uh, you know veteran guy back there granted at you know 24 25 i don't know if you call him a veteran but um, yeah, they, they, the rest of their blue line is pretty young. I mean, you've got Victor Soderstrom, uh, you know, Vimalki on that back end, and, and Sean Dersey still relatively young. So there's a lot of potential there and guys that I think are going to be better. Sean Dersey, to me, is going to be a, a big piece for this, this team because I think he, you know, he showed a lot of potential in L.A. but just was backlogged by, you know, the other, you know, um, you know, defensemen ahead of him that shoot right. So I think there's a big opportunity for him to see some top line minutes here in the top four with Matt Dumba and, and likely, you know, Vimalki. Um, so this could turn out to be just a steal for, for Arizona. And, you know, again, you mentioned a lot of those names up front and bringing other guys like, you know, Kerfoot and, and Jason Sucker. I think this team's going to look a lot better in my opinion. And, and, and furthermore on the back end, when you look at this, you know, the goaltending duel back there, I really like what they've got. In net too, so there's there's a lot that that looks promising not only for the now but for the next you know three or four years for this team. Yeah, here's what I'm uh, I'm wondering about Carol Vimelka, who has really played quite well for a, a team that's been you know, just <laughs> hasn't given him a whole lot to play uh, right. play with in front of him. Uh, a 900 save percentage for my money with that team that there was there last year is pretty darn good. I always wonder how well someone's going to play when there's real pressure or like some real expectations on you. Like, Hey, we're a little bit better. Now it's your turn to get a little bit better. Do, does that player get better or have they just played really well because they're getting tons of shots and it makes them look better than they really are because yeah, everybody goes, well, I mean, nobody's going to save those things. Uh, And, and suddenly there's just that pressure. And, and we've seen it before where, where a goalie, it looks promising. He's on a bad team and we excuse the bad team part. And then the team gets better and he doesn't really get much better. So, um, uh, I think there's, there is that aspect I wonder about. Uh, but when I look at Chicago's defense and I look at Arizona's defense, I'm a lot more excited about Arizona's. Like at least there's some things happening, you know, Dumba, Hey, at very least, Dumba is somebody that they can flip at the deadline. I mean, who wouldn't want Matt Dumba at $1.85 million? 
going in, going into the playoffs. Uh, I'm almost positive that he will be traded. He has a no no trade clauses or no move clauses or anything. None, none of those in the contract. So he definitely will be moved at the deadline, barring a freaking miracle here by the Coyotes. Uh, but I'm. I wouldn't say that I'm super excited to watch this team, but there is a reason to tune in now. You know, I, I want to see how this, how the Cooley Gunther uh, kind of combination might work out for them. And yeah, I, I think they actually might score some goals. And that's the biggest thing is that they were just so bad offensively that it made them almost watch unwatchable. And now at least with some offense, I think this team could be okay. And if we can get Jacob Voracek, Shea Weber, and Brian Little to come back in their primes, <laughs> then they'll be really good. Really good. They're, yeah. they're on the IR for this team, by the way. 22, 22 million. And I think uh, Weber's contract is $7.8 against the cap, and they're paying him $1 million. Right. So they're they're paying him a million bucks to for a nice cap hit so that they don't have to spend their own money. Yeah, that must be nice. I, I will say, though, this... You know, this this Arizona team, to me, I think a lot of these guys, um, you know, that, that you think like the Jason Zuckers, the Matt Dumbas, uh, you know, if Arizona comes out and they look promising, especially with a lot of younger guys like Cooley and Gunther coming in here, um, they could potentially convince these guys to stick around long term. I mean, uh, yes, we, we don't know what's really going on with the arena situation and whether or not they're going to be there. But I, I think for a guy like, for example, you know, Matt Dumba, who, you know, we, we all thought would have you know, receive probably a longer term, higher salary deal um, going in this off season because, you know, right-handed defensemen are at a premium and he was one of the, the top defensive, you know, uh, signings available and it just didn't work out for him. So maybe he, maybe he realizes, you know what, I could probably cash in here, um, make a, you know, make a few more bucks, get to hang out somewhere nice and warm in Arizona. It's a, it's a great place to live. So maybe yeah, I might I sign here long term. Minnesota probably, at least in terms of living there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I that that is a good point. Uh, I tend to lean still there. You know, I mean, actually, it's crazy that they have no no defensemen signed after this year. <laughs> uh, few UFAs, few RFAs. Um, I would expect that Jason Zucker is another one of those names that could potentially get moved at the deadline, uh, and Travis Boyd as well. Like the likelihood of a lot of these players that are on expiring contracts get dealt at the deadline, I think, is pretty high, but. Yeah, maybe one of those guys sticks around. I mean, you got to have you got to sport a team, so it's it's possible one of them sticks around. But I would think that Matt Dumbo will be in pretty high regard as long as he's having a solid year. If he's having a a John Klingberg kind of year, yeah, maybe maybe not. But uh, I think I think Matt Dumba at twenty nine years old is still going to be sought after pretty hard come come deadline. Um, so your your prediction on Arizona. We we don't have to necessarily give our like our playoff predictions right now. I feel like there's a lot to see before we can really give a playoff prediction. Um but as far as you know, do you see this team getting better? I mean, they were kind of in a weird place last year. You know, everybody below them had 60, 59, 58 points, 59. Like they were almost in this little area by themselves up there with 70 points. I think one other team is sort of close to them in the Montreal Canadiens with 68, but uh, they're sort of in this like very middling. They weren't horrible. 
surprisingly enough, they weren't horrible, but and and they were actually worse after the deadline because they lost a few guys. Um, but they weren't good, and I, I don't see them. Like, do we see them in the eighty point mark somewhere around there this year? Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. absolutely reasonable because I do think the next three teams we're going to talk about in this division. Uh, are all candidates to maybe you know lose a couple more games this season? So okay, um, I could see Arizona definitely stealing a few of those W's. All right, all right. Well, let's uh, let's dive into one of those teams. The next team down the stand, well, I should say up in the standings above Arizona was maybe the most surprising down spiraled team from last season. Uh, things kind of fell apart for the St. Louis Blues and. They, uh, they end up finishing sixth in the Central with only 81 points. And, yeah, we uh, we saw Craig Berube just kind of struggle to find the right combinations. The goaltending wasn't good. And losing losing uh, Vili Huso from the year before kind of bit them harder than I think they thought it would. Ooh, did it ever. And... Uh, this team has really struggled to find their identity since Alex Petrangelo left. I, I like, is that a, uh, is that an unfair statement? I don't think it's unfair. Um, you know, they, they really have played. I mean, it's, it's clear they're They played like a different team, right? I mean, they brought in uh, a few new defensemen, right? They bring in Tory Krug, Justin Falk. they, you know, revamped their their blue line there a couple of years ago, and then last year they you know bring in Nick Letty, and um, boy, it just it hasn't looked the same, right? They were they were a very tough team to play against on the back end, right? They would they would manhandle you, push you around, and and obviously we saw that translate into a Vegas victory, right? Uh, you know, between Martinez and Petrangelo, they were a tough defensive pair to play against, and and White Cloud right on that third pairing. So clearly, you know, that model of success that St. Louis had. Uh, you know, translated here to Vegas. But I think St. Louis lost their identity a little bit with the departure of Angel, as you mentioned, and they just haven't been able to bring in the right personnel to replace them and, and kind of find it because I think they wanted the transition to a, a faster, younger game. And really that, that wasn't St. Louis's, you know, bread and butter. And I think they're finding finding it difficult to transition when they still have some of the, I don't know if you want to call them old guns, guys like Brandon Saad and and Braden Shen that, you know, still kind of play that, that rougher style. Yeah. And, and, and they're not exactly light on uh, how many years are left on their contract. Yeah. Braden Shen with five years left sod with three years left. Uh, and then they go out, I mean, really they go out and get Kevin Hayes. So I, I feel like that's kind of their, that and what Casper Kapanen coming over last year. Uh, they, they did trade for Jacob Verana and, you know, they, they made some changes down the stretch to try and, right the ship i think now you know you, you go into camp no tarasenko and no ryan o'reilly i think it's going to look a lot different and i think there's a lot of people that are wondering you know uh, is this team going to now take a real step backwards like last year was a, I would say is it was a, a relatively unexpected full-on step backwards and I, I don't, maybe maybe you know people were predicting oh St. Louis might not be as good they they might be a, a wild card competition they could miss the playoffs but I don't think that anybody really was thinking oh St. Louis is going to be pretty bad <laughs> and they 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 kind of uh, fell uh, much quicker than we thought now 
they're going to run it back essentially with the younger players that they have. I did see something. Who was it? Said that they thought that Jake Neighbors was the most underrated player in the NHL. So we'll, we'll see if that holds true. I don't remember where I saw that, but um, that's a bold claim. We'll, we'll see if uh, maybe this is maybe Jake Neighbors for Calder. Maybe that's where we need to go. Uh, <laughs> he had what ten points in forty three games last year and a minus nineteen. I I doubt he'll be in the Calder conversation, but um, he could be. He's a, he is a rookie, but this the St. Louis team just kind of seems like they are desperate to keep something going. So they went out and found the pieces that they could trade for and afford. Like Kevin Hayes, he was a he was a, a pit. Like Philly just needed to get rid of him. No one else really want was going to give them anything for him. So they get Kevin Hayes. You know, like Casper Kapanen, when they pulled him off of waivers, it was like, hey, we just need you to get rid of this money. Jacob Verana, we all know the issues that he's had, and and. He's playing, you know, he was traded at the, well, he was traded at the deadline last year, right? Was it at the yeah, deadline? Yeah, a little bit before. Yeah. And, oh, that, yeah. And then, you know, you, you go out and you kind of, it seems like they've just kind of patchworked this thing together. And now I'm, I'm just wondering if that will all come together or are we looking at a team that just isn't going to work? Craig Brubay's fired by the end of the year because... You know, we need a fresh face or something, and uh, you end up seeing one of these fall Krug, Pareko, somebody getting dealt and trying to shake things up. Boy, that's that's a good question, right? I mean, I I honestly think, you know, for one, you look at Ryan O'Reilly leaving, right? His leadership is gone. Uh, you know, he was a big part of the Stanley Cup winning team, this identity of this this Blues team, and so they've kind of lost another piece of their their, you know, I don't want to, whatever you want to call it, old core. Um, and, and again, that goes back towards shifting towards younger players, right? And so when you look at guys like Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo, those are guys I want to see step up a little bit more. Uh, Cairo last year was was pretty good. I didn't mind his play, but Robert Thomas just looked absent at times. And he, he had a very up and down season. And, and it was clear you could see him moving up and down the lineup at times and, you know, never really found stability on any line because I don't. I honestly think it was because he just couldn't seize the opportunity, right? He got paid his money and some, some players just, they, they get the contract and they just, they can't, you know, keep it going. Right. But yeah, you, uh, you think you need to keep getting better and then you actually end up getting worse because you're trying to play outside of your game. Exactly. And that, that I, may, that may have been some of the issue. I also think, I mean, it was just so turbulent, you know, people calling for everybody's head, everybody's getting traded. Uh, it's, it was a rough season last year. I think that, one of the one of the teams that needed a reset the most was the St. Louis Blues. Well, you know, speaking of, you know, if you want to talk resets, where they really need a reset more than anything is in goal. Um, you know, Jordan Biddington, obviously he's stuck under that contract that no one's going to take, uh, you know, for another four years at six million bucks. So, well, this will be this will be like make it or break it here for Biddington, because my guess is that at the end of this contract, you know, are you going to buy him out? Well, after this year, yeah, maybe, because uh, he's got a full no trade clause. Um, you know, he again, it's just he submits uh, an eighteen team trade, you know, list next season. But you know, again, who's going to really trade for him, right? You'd have to package a first round draft pick to get rid of him, and maybe more. Yeah, if the, um, if they bought him out, they would have a five hundred like next year, they would have a cap hit of five hundred fifty five thousand for twenty four twenty five. 
1.5, Yeah, and, and with the cat pick going up, that's that's more than palatable, yeah. I think, to reset. But the other question is, you know, again, you'll you'll still have to go out and pay somebody to come in and and fill that. But I honestly think they would end up, you know, you could go in free agency and find somebody better uh, than him at this point. And and really, you know, maybe a lot of the the reasons why we we talked about these forwards and defensemen not playing up to their their potential or not really having it last year is because when you don't have confidence in the guy in the net, sometimes you hold the stick a little tighter. Sometimes you're not going to go up there and pinch, you know, at times when normally you would go up there and maybe make a play on the puck. Um, And a lot of that can translate to, you know, just slower feet. You're not moving as quick. And of course, pucks going back the other way. And, you know, again, goals are going in when they, they probably shouldn't. So, um, you know, again, I'm not uh, Joel Hoffer. I, I, I thought he looked good last year in, in limited action, but is he the answer? I don't know if I'm, you know, I don't know if I'm ready to say that. Yeah, is you he going to create more competition than like a Billy Huso did? No, probably not. No, and Jordan yeah. Binnington really couldn't handle it when Huso was there. Like he, it's not like the competition made Binnington much better. He right. still had and, a pretty bad season two years ago when and, the team, you was know, better. Yeah, and they don't really have anybody else in the minors that's ready to go. I mean, they have Malcolm Subban, but he's not a he's not an NHL goalie anymore, in my opinion. So um, was he ever? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there 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 there's that opinion too. And uh, um, yeah, so really, you're you're kind of stuck with what you got, and you hope that maybe you know Joel Hoffer takes that next step and maybe develops a little bit more and a little quicker than expected, and and is ready to take over because. Man, if they could get a little bit of stability and a little bit better play out of either one of these goaltenders next season, um, that could translate very, very well to a lot of these forwards and and defensemen up front there. Because um, you know what, personally, I like the addition of Kevin Hayes. I like the addition of Jacob Ron, especially given he's in a contract year and he wants to go out and prove it. Like, hey, you know what? I, I know I've had some off ice issues in the past, and you know that's the reason Detroit got rid of me, and I was you know jettisoned from Washington. But you know what? I can still score goals, right? So maybe he goes out and he has himself a 30-goal year, plays for a big contract, you know, because this is basically going to be it for him, I think, to get a big contract. So um, maybe this works out very, very well uh, for St. Louis, given that they lost the goal scoring of Tarasenko. All right. I like it. Yeah. Um, do it where, How do you have St. Louis panning out this year? Personally, I think they're going to kind of uh, probably fall right around where they were before, just a little Hopper. below 500. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe 80, 85 points, somewhere in that range. But I just don't think there's there's enough on the back end for me to feel great about this team. Yeah. Um, in order for St. Louis to make the playoffs, we're going to – I mean, and it's not insane to think, you know, goaltenders have had where they, they struggle for a, a, a two seasons and then they, they find themselves again and have another good year. Um, just looked at the Florida Panthers. And – I, I think, you know, maybe Jordan Bennington, if he can have a return to that 9-10, even a 9-0-5 save percentage, I think St. Louis could find themselves in playoff contention again. Uh, everything kind of went wrong for them last year. Do we see St. Louis pull a Calgary Flames and have a lot of things go right for them? A lot of guys have career years, and suddenly St. Louis looks like they're a much better team. So I, I think there is a scenario given that several teams in this division have gotten worse, uh, I think there's a chance that St. Louis finds themselves again. And, uh, but I, I think ultimately it's like a, it's kind of a fool's gold kind of thing. I don't think Bennington is the long-term solution anymore. I think a lot of their, a lot of their defensemen are on the wrong side of 30. And again, they're just too 
patchworked together and that this this may need to uh, maybe not not a full rebuild because you still have Cairo and Thomas and uh, there's, there's still some nice pieces here but maybe a refresh of uh, some of these veteran players that just need to kind of get moved out to really change the the look of this team. But uh, I think maybe one more shot at the playoffs for this particular group is not out of reach. Yep. That, that's not out of the realm of possibilities for sure. All right. Uh, let's do one more team here. And uh, that team is the Nashville Predators. They maybe have made the most changes out of any team in this division from uh, just from shoot the guys that, that, that left and how long those guys had been here, uh, especially just in the last, maybe the last 12 months, uh, the changes that have been made there have been pretty drastic. Uh, w- just looking at Nashville's roster right off the bat, what do you, how are you feeling about this team? Worried. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I should say that worried from a forward group perspective, right? I think they've still got a ton of talent on the back end. I love the addition of Tyson, Tyson Berry there. Um, and we all know UC Saros is a Vesna goaltender, right? He's going to, I mean, he's going to be phenomenal, but, um, uh, look, I, I get it. You had to make some changes with this Ford group, right? Cause it just wasn't working. Um, you know, Matthew Shane, did you have to get rid of him? I don't know. Um, you know, but again, having that cap space freed up, you know, is an, is always a nice thing, but, um, really bringing a Ryan O'Reilly and Gustav Nyquist to kind of replace Johansson, um, you know, Duchesne and, and maybe find, you know, that enough to bring in a, some veteran guys to bring in a little bit of leadership for this team. Right. Cause these are, these two guys are good leaders to have in the locker room. And I think that'll definitely be helpful, but you know, they're, I think Nyquist is still fast enough, but Ryan O'Reilly has kind of slowed down a little bit. Um, yeah, you're going to have to put him in the, a particular role. Like right. Give him the right role and he can be successful. Are there enough talented players around him uh, on the roster to be able to put him in that role? Or are you going to have to put him into a position to be a different type of player and then he'll fail and score eight goals again? Yeah, that's that's the million dollar question. Or I should say, um, you or know, 12 four and a half goals. I guess it was 12 goals. Sorry, 12 goals. Yeah. <laughs> But so the bigger question is, you know, now that they're making this shift to, to basically getting younger and they're trying to play a different style of hockey, because we know what Barry Trotz uh, hockey is, right? It's, it's, it's going to be defensive focused, hard to play against. Um, you know, are these younger guys like Yakov Trenin and, and Philip T- Tomasino, are, are, are these the guys to do it, right? Are they going to take the next step and be able to play that type of I don't Barry know. Trotz I would say hockey? that, I mean, yes, Barry Trotz is the general manager, but Andrew Burnett has kind of proven that he's going to he's gonna be a little bit more offensively heavy. Uh, he's going well, to so. push, uh, he, push the boundaries offensively, and I would think that, yes, Trotz has been that way as a coach, um, and the vast majority of his coaching has come from an era where uh, it paid off to be that way. It's not paying off the same way, at least in the regular season, to play that way. And uh, I wonder if this is a very interesting offensive scheme that this team kind of plays. Uh, but also, given the personnel, you know, they don't have a lot. Like, you don't look up and down that forward group and go, oh, well, that guy's good for 30 goals. That guy's good for 25. Like, there's a few who might. You know, crack well, Philip open. Forsberg, and that's it, right? 
Yep. That's that's Phil Forsberg. And I, I think I had him <laughs> as my like third or fourth highest, most overrated player in the NHL. So something like that, yeah. Nineteen goals we'll, last year. I guess, you know, he's the thirty goal scorer, but uh we'll see. After this injury, he's still on IR. We'll we'll see how uh how he walks into the year, but or skates into the year rather, but <laughs> I mean it's all gonna be UC Soros, like you said, like is Sar- can Saros uh, carry this team and get them into the playoffs? I mean, they'd be an interesting team to go up against in the playoffs because they they have a lot of depth. I guess maybe they they when you look at them, you go, well, they, they they could pull off a Seattle Kraken kind of vibe, where you know a bunch of guys score fifteen to twenty goals. That that would probably be the most likely scenario if they were going to get into the playoffs. A whole bunch of uh, really good top to bottom. Like a whole bunch of second and third line guys, really not much in terms of first line guys other than Forsberg. Well, what what I'm interested in more than anything else is, you know, at what point at this season, you know, because we I heard the rumors last year, and I, I always say where there's smoke, there's fire, right? So typically, um, you know, there's there's a little bit of truth to some of these rumors, and um, a guy like UC Saros, right? We we heard his name around the the trade, you know, bait boards, um, you know, last year, and so. I kind of wonder if, if at some point, right, it's just not working out, uh, you know, the team's kind of just middling or, or even towards the bottom of the division. At what point maybe do you say, let's let's go ahead and pull a trigger on trading Saros and see if we can't, you know, kick this rebuild Ooh. off and, you know, see if we can't get some some bigger assets because... Well, I don't know be- how... I don't know if you're going into that mode with Yossi and Forsberg locked up long-term. I don't know well, you're going down that road. I mean, you can only buy out or retain salary for so many guys, I think, at, at some point. And so, um, you know, obviously, you know, Trotz picked the guys he wanted to. I don't think you you want to buy out Forsberg, Duchesne, and no. Johansson. So, no, no, um, I'm saying I'm saying you want to keep them. And, oh, well, and, and given that they are a part of their team and a part of their long-term plan, I don't see a scenario where Saros gets traded at all. But here's the thing, though. He's, you know, a year, two years from free agency. You know, what if he says, you know what, I'm just not, I'm not willing to sign an extension next summer. Yeah, or, but you then know. you deal with that next. I don't think you're dealing with that now. Okay. I, I, I don't. Like it, I don't. I don't think you're dealing with it now. I think you've got you've to gotta see. You're more trying to figure out what you have, right? Like, what does your team well, sure. look like now that you've jettisoned a couple of the Johansson and the new chain and you've, you're allowing for these younger guys to take a bigger role. Uh, you know, your, your Cody glass, he, uh, he kind of a late bloomer. Uh, you know, he was Vegas's first draft pick and, uh, he had never had more than 12 points in a year and he had 35 last year. You know, can he take another step and, uh, show that he's maybe a, a top six forward, and you know, I, there's enough here to where you could see them pushing for the playoffs. I don't think they make the playoffs, but uh, especially with Roman Yossi, Yossi Saros, I mean, those two are good enough to, to change the complexion of a team. I mean, I see it kind of like the Sharks, but with an actual great goalie <laughs> from last year. Like, there's enough There's enough here to where they they maybe could find themselves in a position again where they're they're right there knocking on the door for the playoffs, which, which would be similar to last year. You know, they missed the playoffs by three points. All right. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. Don't know if they got a whole lot better than last year. 
but maybe it, I think they're hoping that it's a, an addition by subtraction. But and then adding Ryan O'Reilly, maybe just kind of changing that that leadership group. But all right, well, uh, yeah, like uh, I I knew it. I knew that we would that we chug through and would get halfway through a division because we can always get talking about them and and we'll just finish up the second half of the central the next show that we do which is uh which is always fun um any final thoughts on the these four teams the bottom of the central boy um well do you think nashville is is in the bottom so i do i i think nashville's still going to be in the bottom four in fact i think they'll probably um, I, it wouldn't shock me to see kind of Arizona and Nashville sort of flip places, I think, this year. So, Okay. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Arizona maybe is the most interesting out of all these four teams because they, they're they almost the team you're like, could you just like just be good? It would just be more fun if you were you were sort of good because then it would make everything more messy. <laughs> if, if they somehow become good and then you're like, okay, well, can they really, should they really leave Arizona or like, does that make it more tempting for someone to want to bring them to their city? And uh, it would just be fun if they have kind of that like magical little year where they end up beating some expectations. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I like it. All right. Well, you can find us on Twitter at, at OT hockey talk and, uh, Until the next time, next show we'll do the second half of the Central Division. And uh, until then, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys soon.